Managing Director of Kumavis today. Stefan will be speaking on point of care 3D printing during our virtual global summit, 3D Heals 2020 in June. Hi Stefan, good to see you. Thanks Hi. for joining me for this interview. Sure. Um, how, how are you doing? Actually pretty fine. Um, yeah, so of course everything is a little bit crazy during these times, but we are still able to go to work. So with a small team, of course, most of the team is at home in home office, but uh, we are able to keep our printers running and uh, are not forced to stay at home the whole time. So that's the good side. But of course, um, the Corona crisis is, is facing us all. So I guess... Uh, Crazy times are coming, and yeah, we will see how it uh, will be in a few weeks, a few months, whatever. Um, and I just want to mention that you guys are located in Munich, Germany, right? Yes. So you want to tell us a little bit about your company? Sure, yeah. So um, we are a pretty young company, so we were funded in 2017. Um, from background, we are all medical engineers, so we were studying at the University of Munich. Um, at the Institute for Medical and Polymer Engineering here. So, and that was also the institute where we get to know each other. And started in 2015 with the um, idea of creating a 3D printing system for high-performance polymers, because we knew all the high-performance polymers, but just from injection molding, machining, and uh, extrusion. Um, and yeah, that time back, we didn't found any 3D printing machine which were capable of processing these materials in a good way. And that was the starting point. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then uh, seed financing round in 2018. And yeah, now the team is around 15 people. So uh, we, we are some people now. Um, we're close to closing our Series A round. So that also will be some news in the coming weeks. Um, yeah, and we are on the market with our machine since last year, um, the first serial machine from Comovis, and yeah, we're very happy to have really good partners um, and good customers, um, renowned medical companies, big medical companies, so it's really interesting to work with them and also to work with hospital, what is happening more and more here in Germany, and yeah, we see it during this crisis. Uh, it's good if you have uh, point of care uh, point of care machines so that you're not um, completely in de uh, dependent on on supply chains and all this kind of stuff um, yeah so yeah that's in a, in a just small I, uh, Sorry? You, so you know Hannah right Hannah our community manager in Munich did you yeah. guys study together in the same university we, we, not really. So we, <clears throat> she was in, um, in another university um, at the FAPS Institute where we oh, yeah, that's got to know her. But yeah. uh, funny that you're speaking of her. I, I met her last Saturday uh, when I was running in the park and I saw her. <laughs> so we had a quick call. Well, that's good, good, to, good to know that she's doing well. Um, well, the reason I mentioned that is in 2000, I believe at the end of 2017, I actually visited Munich and I loved Munich. I always loved Munich. Mm -hmm. um, and I visited uh, quite a few companies there, but also I think I met one of your, I, I guess, co-worker, or I don't know if Alex is a co-founder, but back then yes, you, yeah. you weren't really a, a real company back then. Yeah, yeah. So it's very exciting to see ever since that you guys were in infancy and now it's growing and expanding. 
Yeah, that's true. That I guess back in 2017, we were still located at the university. So it was like in the shift from research project to um, really a commercial company. Um, that was also a very exciting time. Um, yeah, but, it, but, but yeah. different changes back then. Yeah. <laughs> so, but right, we met Alex there. Yeah, and so Stefan, your background is actually in material science, right? That was your... That's true, that's true. Yeah, so I studied medical engineering with a strong focus on materials and started my PhD at the Institute. Um, another different, a different technology what we're using now. So uh, my studies was about uh, photopolymers for uh, digital light processing. Mm -hmm. And I always had a strong focus on how material uh, process is um, interacting with uh, tissue, bones, um, or yeah, biological uh, things, and did a lot of optimization of materials, of processes. Um, but yeah, at the beginning, we had the idea to go also with photopolymers into the body. Um, that was an initial starting point, but pretty soon I uh, saw that will not work. <laughs> Too many leachables. Um, so, but we shifted then, or I shifted then to develop um, the process to do bioreactors. So, individualized bioreactors, for example, one of the um, applications in my thesis is a bioreactor for um, the uh, a better handling and cultivation of cornea tissue. So, if you um, have a transplant, um, yeah, so you can do cool stuff with this, uh, yeah. with this topic and um, to mimic the the body environment, um, yeah, that was my, my background in, 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 from a study point of view. I find it very fascinating because, you know, even though right now you're doing 3D printed implant solutions, but you were in a slightly adjacent field, which is biofabrication, you yeah. know, bioprinting probably also use some of the materials that you were working on. Um, you know, I'm not a bio, I'm not a, a material scientist, and some of the audience also are not. And can you just explain what made you feel the peak material that you guys are using now is so much better? And what is the difference between a high performance polymer versus, I guess, low performance polymer? <laughs> yeah, there is one, there's a, a polymer pyramid. So there's the, the standard polymers, then the technical polymers and the high performance polymers. Um, the, the basic or where one basic thing is the temperature where you have to process them. So all these high performance polymers like peak um, have a very high melting point. So we're speaking around uh, 370 to 400 degrees and they have a high, high glass transition point. So for peak, it's a, around 157 degrees, depending on the grade. And so you need a pretty good temperature management system of your printer to process this material in a quality um, that it can be compared to injector molding or machine machine parts. Um, so that's one of the basic uh, things about the high performance polymers. And what PEAK is, or what makes PEAK so special is it, uh, the excellent biocompatibility of it. So it's used in for medical um, devices, implants for years. Um, so it's proven, it's in the market, it's certified. Um, surgeons and medical device manufacturers know that material and work with that material. Um, it has very good mechanical properties. You can sterilize it and with different types of sterilization methods and this has a good uh, resistance against chemics. Uh, 
all, all everything is pretty sounding good about peak um, also the the fact that you're pretty close to the mechanics of the um, human bone so if you compare for example to titanium so most implants it's titanium and it's peak um, we are way better um, in the mimicking the mechanical properties of the bone for example with peaks than with titanium but um, besides all these advantages it also has of course some disadvantages so it's not the one super material that can everything. Um, the disadvantage, if you compare to titanium, is the osseointegration. So on the titanium surface, cells will adhere, will grow. Um, on the peak surface, not. Mm -hmm. So that's because the material is hydrophobic. So we want a hydrophilic surface for better cell adhesion. That is what a peak um, by itself does not have. Yes. Yeah, but that can be solved. So we are working then with different coating technologies or post-processing methods um, to achieve this. And yeah, we already could show a proof of concept that we can print really cool um, porous structures and then do a post-processing. And if you then drop the implant in a liquid, you can really see how the whole liquid is going through the implant. So we can realize a nutrition transport through the implant and we can optimize it for bone growth. So, um, but all these facts uh, make it very, very good for implants. And is this new coding technique is going through animal testing where you guys now introduce us? So it's not de developed by us, it's a partner and we are doing then the, the combination with 3D printing. And yes, it already has been in a, a animal study um, was compared to um, titanium Mm -hmm. And it really performed very, very good. And um, the company who is doing it also achieved a 13485 certification. So we can use it now for, um, for, 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 for first trials. We're actually having one animal study in the um, lower jaw reconstruction where we are um, using it already. So I hope we can um, launch or present the first result within this year's. Um, so, yeah. We don't know where at the moment because there are no fairs and conferences, exactly. but we will find a way. <laughs> yeah, and and so you mentioned that the first one of the applications is the jaw, the CMF application. Yes. Um, that's non-weight bearing. Um, do you think that this same implant can be produced, you know, for hip or knee, some weight bearing joints as well? And um, so when it comes to load bearings, um, the most load-bearing application at the moment is uh, in the spinal area, so spinal cages, fusion okay. devices. Here yeah. we have strong forces and yeah. also uh, screwing forces. In hip and knee, it's not really used yet a lot. So there are some first um, trials to use it for knee implants, but so it's not common here. It's in the hip and knee, we have a combination out of titanium and PE, for example. And, but sure, the material properties itself probably we would be useful for that, but it's something we have still to develop. I see. So, yeah. you know, when I'm looking at Kumavis, it looks like your main product is the machine that can process this particular peak polymer. Um, and you put this machine in all the hospitals to achieve the point of care. Uh, but when we're actually, we, we, in your written interview, you're, you're telling yeah. that you're, we're not really 100% there yet. So you want to That's tell true. us why we're still so far away from it? <laughs> yeah, but there are some limiting factors. So um, when it comes to POC in the hospital, it's at the beginning, it's always um, 
of course, the material question I would say we have solved so far. Um, the things we're working now with the clinics is uh, usability. So we don't want that surgeons or um, people who are working in the hospital, um, I would say not waste their time standing on the machine. So it must be really easy. And um, surgeons should care for the people and treat the patients. So um, the usability is a big topic, um, but that will be solved. Um, and another topic, of course, is regulatory. So at the end, who is in charge for the implant? So um, who is doing the certification? Do we need a quality system um, like a medical device company? All those questions have to be um, yeah, answered. And that's um, where we're working together with clinics and different approaches. So there are some approaches where also medical device manufacturers are involved. There are some approaches where the hospitals are alone. Yeah. Um, I guess we will need more two more years or something to have really that one blueprint where we can say yeah that is the blueprint which works yeah and it probably also depends on the local healthcare system and the reimbursement yeah it will that. depend from country to country it will be different i guess yeah yeah i mean i just remember there's one case in new york uh lima corporation i don't know if you heard about them having a factory right next to a, a surgical hospital to provide point of care i don't know if that's exactly the point of care that we have in mind. Uh, yeah. Way yeah. That it's an imp uh, approach where also the industry is involved. And yeah, uh, we see interesting approaches uh, where really the hospital itself sets up like a legal entity or something and yeah. creates their own lab. Um, but of course, you also have to implement all different kinds of um, share uh, keyholders or you need, uh, you need designers, you need post-processing, um, all this kind of stuff. It's not just placing a machine somewhere and say, um, let's go. So we have to bring in the whole ecosystem and also the knowledge and um, people who can um, work there and, and know what they're doing. So um, it takes a lot of time, um, but it's also very interesting. And I guess in Germany, it will, yeah, we will have the first result in the, in the next years. And I'm sure that in the future will work out. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and it's very unfortunate that you guys cannot make it to SF this year. Uh, but tell us, do you have, do you guys have any ambition of expanding to the U.S.? Like, what's your yeah. plan? Definitely. So um, we actually have one machine placed at the University of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, still a prototype machine, um, but it's uh, our first machine in the U.S. And yeah, we we already had one. Yeah, pretty far application at the moment with some um, with a company in New, in New York. Unfortunately, now we are not allowed to go there, or they are not allowed to come here, <laughs> so <laughs> it's a little bit difficult. Um, but yeah, definitely, US is a target market, and we definitely want to um, go to the US. Um, we don't know if it's possible this year, next year. Um, we have to see what's how this Corona thing here is uh, ending up. Yeah, <laughs> we are allowed again to go to the US, but definitely we will um, go in the US market, yes. Yeah, it will be very interesting to see how company can expand in the, internationally with all the lockdowns that we have all over the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, perhaps people have to resort in this kind of virtual Zoom conference and conversations, which is very unfortunate because, you know, I, I enjoy in-person meeting for sure. Yeah, that's way better. Yeah, well, 
Um, we still have a virtual conference coming up June, uh, 3D Heels 2020. I am very much looking forward to your presentation to talk about Kumavis and the high performance polymer that you guys are working on. Um, I, I, I heard a saying say software eats the world, but I really think chemists rule the world. That's true, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for this interview today, Stefan. Yeah, thank you very much. Too.